the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning and happy Thursday, everybody. Hooray for the House passing the stimulus package, but we know that that's a long road of politics and policy and debate. Today we have um, a real estate attorney by the name of Michael J. Narvit, who's going to talk to us about the climate in this economic situation and how it affects people in his business. Welcome, Michael. Hi. How are you? Good, Cindy. I'm glad. Now, Michael, i got to ask you a question so we could define the tone of the show as we move forward. We talk about a stink economy, and we talk about a recession, and we talk about a depression. And it seems to me from some of the things that I'm deciphering from your point of view that you definitely see the U.S. and the world as being in a depression. Yeah, I do. Okay, so tell... Tell our listeners. I have my sense of optimism, but I, uh, but I do. Okay, and and what what makes that what makes you feel um, right in making that kind of assessment and definition? Because as you know, the pundits really try to soft pedal it and call it a recession. But what is it for you that makes it so close to 1929? Uh, my experience. Uh, I've been practicing since '73. Um, and so uh, the uh, we've gone through various recessions, and especially in the real estate market. And uh, the, the uh, we've had upturns of seventy-five to eighty. Uh, was an upturn eighty to eighty-five was a downturn. They called it a recession. Prices fell. Interest rates went higher. Unemployment went up. Uh, but there was um, a, a rejuvenation in the market, uh, and funds were available. So by '85 to '90, we had a boom, uh, and that lasted till '90. And in '90, uh, it reversed itself, um, and through '96, we had a decline. And through the decline, people were still buying things. Financing was still available. Uh, but we had loss of jobs, and we had uh, declining prices, and up to fifty percent in the LA in some areas of LA. And then, as you know, between '96 and 2006, 2005, we had this tremendous boom. But now we're in something that I've never experienced before, and it's marked by two things: one, very high rates of unemployment, declining. Um, Sales, and what's most critical is the lack of money. Money has always been available. Money is now not available. So even if people want to go in and into the real estate markets, there's no financing to do it, which is accelerating the problem. So what this is certainly different uh, from all the recessions that we've talked about, and very much reminds me of what I read about the depression. The depression money was totally unavailable, and um, vast areas of unemployment with no markets in many areas, with banks closing. We don't have banks closing to the great extent, but 
from a consumer's point of view, uh, I, what difference does it make if a bank closes or won't lend you money? You still can't get money to buy your real estate or sustain your business. So there's, a, there's basically a lock or a freeze, and one needs money to make commerce, and now the money isn't available, so you're kind of at a stalemate. Right, and I've never experienced that before, or at least witnessed that in any of the markets or any of the recessions that we've gone through. All right, and I, well, then we're going to have an interesting show because you do a lot of real estate stuff, both commercially and residentially. I think that there's a lot of information that you could provide, and you're probably, you know, in your field trying to help your clients find ways to navigate through this stink depression, okay? And I'm sure that you have found some ways to alleviate your clients' concerns, to find a a more cost-efficient way to negotiate pricing because it must be very much a buyer's market. And why don't you... Choose whether you want to talk about the residential marketplace first or the commercial um, real estate market. And um, tell us a little bit about some light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, well, I'll try to be as light-filled as possible. Uh, It's hard in these times, but, you know, we know that you're very, very good at trying to find smart solutions in every um, situation, so let's see what you have to say. Okay, so let's talk about commercial first. Commercial usually tracks residential. It's behind. The first, historically, when residential uh, prices start falling, commercial lags, and we're seeing that in the commercial markets. What's interesting about the commercial markets are just much more uh, flexible and easier to deal with. Um, the banks are much more willing to deal with commercial problems, um, you get, uh, they're not being inundated by commercial foreclosures as they are as residential, so they, they have procedures, they have teams, they have ability to be somewhat flexible, and they have an ability to be responsive. Um, so in the commercial markets, it's the old workout, sit down, be straightforward, and be honest about what's your approach and try to persuade the bank as to what's their best interest in the long run by working with you. And we've been fairly successful in in doing a lot of workouts in the commercial arena. Um, So there is a lot of light in the commercial arena as vacancy rates are skyrocketing now, and banks just do not want to take over commercial properties. They're not in a position to do it, uh, and they're willing to work with their better customers who have deposits and make concessions both in interest rates and in principal write-down sometimes. Um, okay, so here's a, here's a question for you, and it falls within the commercial real estate category. In, in retail, in that segment, um, the worst thing that can happen, especially during these times, because it just feeds into that no-money-available red line kind of you know, metaphor, um, you get a lot of stores that got a cl- that have to close in a mall space, an attractive mall space. The wor- isn't it horrible just to have those stores boarded up? Yes, and you make a very good point, Cindy. Let me distinguish between uh, retail, commercial, and multifamily commercial. Okay, that sounds fantastic. Okay, multifamily commercial is uh, where there is most flexibility. Um, People have to live, even though occupancy rates are falling. Um, 
and uh, apartment owners are are having to give concessions and their higher turnover costs. And actually, in the southern uh, borders, you have a reversion of uh, instead of Mexican uh, immigration inflow, it's reversed to a certain extent. Um, there's actually a very cute story about a mayor in uh, one of the towns in uh, on the in the Texas border trying to get rid of the wall. Okay. <laughs> trying to get people to come back, and that great wall that they spent billions of dollars to keep uh, Mexican immigrants out is now separating Mexican shoppers and Mexican homeowners from uh, American cities, and it's not working down there. Just exactly the opposite result of what was intended. But apart from that, so multifamily is much different than shopping centers. Shopping centers are really very, very tough now. The the shopping centers that are food-based with strong um, markets, are are quite fle- are quite financial. They're not experiencing too much problems. The big boxes like Circuit City is the obvious one. Oh God! Oh dear Linda God! Things. Circuit City is closing 567 stores, um, but they're like the old Montgomery Ward. I mean, they, they were they've been dragged for dragging down uh, retail sales in that sector for a long time. They haven't been doing well, um, and so that's just a transition period. But very hard when you start having these big boxes open to get financing, refinancing. But typically, the the uh, shopping center owner has relatively long financing and uh, sees debt uh, debt problems, but has dealt with it before. And uh, I don't see a lot of foreclosure action in those markets. Now, Florida is an exception. Some parts of Phoenix are an exception, but we certainly haven't seen that in Los Angeles yet. No, I, I think that's true. But again, in New, what you see, as I'm sure you read the New York Times every day as I do, you, you look at Fifth Avenue and you're looking at a place that had, you know, high quality, you know, first rate, you know, upscale customer shops, and they are starting to close down. They are starting in, to close down. Um, the Foreclosures in in Manhattan have have been relatively modest. Um, it's it's really um, there's well, you know that market that market has there's a lot of money sitting out in the sidelines something like seventeen trillion dollars I've been told sitting in just liquid funds ready to come in um, and the good properties will never hit the market because they'll be bought out directly from the banks or the paper will be bought out. Or from Donald Trump. And Donald Trump uh, Donald Trump and Warren Buffett have the same saying. They've both been commenting about how now is the time to buy. Uh, and that's particularly true in commercial property. Um, now, residential is a totally different factor. When I say residential, I'm talking about one, clearly the, the single-family home, but up to four units. And that's a much different picture. And I think what we'll do is, because we're coming up on a commercial break, Michael, is uh, we'll talk about residential in the next segment. I think that you have a lot to say about that arena. I think you have a lot to say about everything. You have such insights, and I know that you have a lot of clients that you're mentoring through this crisis, both with financial advice and legal advice. 
Um, just while we're waiting to take a break, we have a couple of minutes, Michael, if you want to give us one teaser about the um, residential real estate market. Please do it now. Okay. Depends on your lender. Um, there are some very good homeowner programs with the government through FHA called the HOPE program for people with small mortgages. If you're in the jumbo mortgages, over four hundred. $500,000, and you have a, uh, a tough lender um, or a lender that's gone through a lot of problems, then it's going to be quite difficult. Okay, well, you know, listen, we'll talk more about that when we get to the next segment. I just want to say that Michael Narvid is a highly respected advisor. He is in, we share a networking group called Provisors, which is very aggressive in, in the state of California. I don't think anywhere else, right, Michael? Uh, I think it's only in California at this point. With um, San Francisco and San Diego, Orange County. So everybody really had to tune in, listen, pass around the podcast, and uh, stay tuned until we come back right after this commercial. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. When you think about change in your life, do you think about yourself? How does that translate to growth in your business? The change we want to see in our business starts with ourselves as leaders and the impact we can make. Join host Linnea Hagen on a terrific journey that takes you from motivation to inspiration. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time, listen for Abundance Leadership right here on the Voice America Business Network. Abundance Leadership. Grow your business. Grow yourself. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. Hi, we're back, we're back, we're back with Michael Narvid. Um, very important show, giving us his insights on the real estate marketplace, commercial, multifamily, retail, residential, and everybody knows this is an important time to have information, know as much as you can know. But before we go on with um, residential real estate, Michael, let's talk a little bit about who you are. You're a Berkeley man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I see that you went all the way through. I mean, undergraduate, Berkeley, Hall of Law in Berkeley. I mean, you really liked it there, huh? Well, I mean, it gives you a very interesting point of view on things, though. It's the age of Aquarius, and you were kind of hippie-like, I guess. Am I right? Okay, I mean, so it gives you sort of a, a point of view where you've learned the law. You know, you take it seriously. Berkeley is a great school, to, and, you know, certainly, you know, the surrounding areas are, you know, culturally progressive. I think that you spent some time in San Francisco. Am I correct? Well, there you go. I mean, you know, so did you have the long hair and everything? <laughs> I mean, were you involved in protests and stuff? Well, actually, uh, to a certain extent, I was, but I was, uh, I was, I was a campaign manager I, um, in Berkeley. I helped run some people uh, for city council who won, and then I was uh, very active in the Cranston campaign. I was uh, in charge of advance for. Northern California through a senatorial campaign. Cranston, can I tell you something? He is the first big deal political person I've ever met when we had to do government relations in my general tire days. And I was just so um, in awe of this big man who sat behind his desk and was actually very sweet. He was a very, very nice man. And my wife and I used to drive him around Northern California because the one thing he liked to do is participate in track meets. And so we would enter between track meets and political events. We were constantly carrying a change of clothes. Uh, <laughs> you, well, you, you had your locker room banter together and your political banter together. That's right. It was, it, was very, it was a very interesting time for me because it was integrating a, a new legal career and keeping my political activities going, which were very important to me. All right. It sounds like, it, you know, the Berkeley, the Cranston, the politics, you know, it all kind of makes sense. And you did, did, did you work in, and you worked in public service for a while, too. I mean, in addition to the politics, I, you, you did some public service. I came service. down to Los Angeles. Um, I was very active with a congressman, Congressman Corman in, Los, in San Fernando Valley, uh, and um, he was defeated. He's famous for being defeated by Bobby Fiedler in 1980 on the busing issue. Uh huh. And during that time, I was his finance co-chairman, and then I became very active in the Bradley campaign, and was appointed by 
Bradley to be uh, chairman of the Social Services Commission, where I served for a number of years. So, again, you know, this is a national show, so we're not talking about Bill Bradley. We're talking about California Bradley. <laughs> and Bradley, it was very interesting during the last campaign to see what the Bradley effect was. Um, I was pleased to, so, to see that there was no Bradley effect, or the, the, uh, everybody was concerned about it uh, because of his race against Dukmasian that he should have lost uh, because he ran a very bad campaign in my judgment, not because of the black-white issue. Although at that time, I, it did have some impact. And I'm glad it did have impact on this recent election. No, oh, yeah, well, it, but at that time it did, but he still got in, so it couldn't have had that much impact. Well, he didn't, he, he didn't get into governor. He, he, he lost out a number of runs for governor, but he was a mayor for four years. Uh, so uh, the Bradley effect is, was dealing with his race for governor, uh, where there was no reason he was ahead of all the polls going in, and he lost the gubernatorial ships. So, okay, well, you know what? It's 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 nice that he at least made it as mayor, right? So it was oh, it was very nice. And well, well, it's interesting. The good old days with Sam Yorty, and I don't know if any of your listeners out there remember Sam Yorty, but those were pretty vicious battles between Yorty and Bradley. Yeah, no, I think that they probably remember that, particularly those that are listening from the Los Angeles area. Um, you know, you get into colloquial politics, and it's interesting, you know, Michael, you, you get people from New Jersey that have no idea what we're talking about. That may be true. But, um, you know, it's okay because a lot of our listeners are based in Los Angeles. So, And, you know, in, in getting to know you, Michael, too, I know you're into yoga. Yes, I am. Were you always into yoga? 30 years. All right. Well, that's a Berkeley thing, too, huh? Yes, it's a Berkeley thing. My, uh, when my son, uh, the one anecdote I can give you is when my son went to Yale and was, um, was told by all his roommates that, oh, you're from Southern California and you must have hippie parents. He said, no, I don't have hippie parents. They said, well, let's see. Where did they go to school? He said, well, they went to Berkeley. <laughs> hey, and what does your mother do? Well, she's a yoga teacher. <laughs> Hippie parents. And then uh, one of his friends from Southern California came in and said, Jared, uh, I got a cold. Do you have any echinacea? And that sealed the, uh, the label of hippie parents in Yale for all the Southern California kids. I know. It's, it's exactly right. It's exactly right. Well, I have to say, you look, pre you look pretty conservative now, so you might be the hippie within, but none of your colleagues would know that today unless they really know you. Well, thank you, Cindy. I think so. You've definitely, you, you know how to be a chameleon, I think, and you do it very, very well. Let's go back to the residential real estate market. Well, like can, let, me, let me talk a little bit about good news on the, on the commercial side. Oh, okay, please do. We want to hear good news. <laughs> and, and basically, that's where I've been working on with my clients. On, the, on the, the retail side, the shopping center side, we've been very active in persuading clients to meet with their tenants, see how their business is doing, make rent concessions, uh, help them out with their leases to try to maintain stability. By being proactive, I think we've really solved a lot of problems in a lot of shopping centers. In the multifamily arena, um, there are good news. Uh, uh, operating expenses are really pretty flat, and there's very little new construction going on. 
which will ultimately lead to uh, a much better time. And as the sale housing uh, bust has slowed, um, the mass exodus of tenants to uh, to um, houses has stopped because they can't get financing. So for multifamily, uh, the decline in occupancy rates has really kind of stabilized. And uh, the correction in pricing has created great opportunities to go out there for people with cash uh, and to buy units now. And we are uh, we have a number of people who are going out, small investors who are going out and buying eight units and ten units. And the difference is you have to come up with thirty to fifty percent cash. But it's great opportunities. It's not- it is a great opportunity. But what do you recommend if if people don't have cash in the bank? You know, because a lot of their Accounts are, you know, forty percent down, or whatever the case may be. You know, I, I mean, you what know, I recommend is yoga, <laughs> because then you'll figure out where you'll get the cash. If you meditate, you'll figure out where you get the cash. It will guide you to where the cash that's is. How you right? manifest your destiny. Yeah, no, I. Well, I think that's true, but it's, uh, I mean, it's very challenging. In all seriousness, it's very challenging for the people who are unemployed who have no cash. Um, who are who are living day by day? They're, the last thing they're thinking about is um, is buying real estate. Well, let me ask you a very tricky question, and of course, there may be some of your personal opinion in this, but you know, it's different times, so I think we have to think about different solutions and different courses of action than we would have thought about um, six months ago. I mean, 401Ks, you know, retirement savings are really scary for people. People don't look at their statements right now. I mean, you know, for the people that still do have, you know, some money in their retirement accounts, would you recommend, you know, taking money against that to invest in real estate? Um, no. It, it, pulling money out of retirement tax it has tax tax implications and it's it, something you want to do at last resort. On the other hand, this is an ongoing uh, disagreement I've, I've had with brokers. Okay, well, I, you know, when I went to a yoga moment, that was the first question that came to my mind. Um, you know, again, you got to think creatively. you got to think differently. And sure, there's tax implications, which maybe the law will change or ease up on, I don't know, over the next four to eight years. But... Um, you know, if you have capital, you have capital, and do you do you gain more by investing in a in a bottom marketplace, real estate wise, and lose you know take a penalty from your retirement and lose a little bit of what you may have put away, you know, or do you take advantage of this bottom market while you can? So it's I, actually, with all implications given, it's probably a personal decision. And it's based upon the liquidity. You have to have uh, the old rule is that you have to have six months and liquidity, six months of expenses and liquidity sitting in the bank. Now, most people don't have that. Um, uh, so it's to take money. Well, the, the negative side of real estate, it's illiquid. And so you're tying up a lot of cash that you may not access for a year. Uh, the only benefit of having a diversified stock portfolio is that you – it's accessible. Oh, that's exactly right. Well, again, I want to kind of push the border and be creative with you and trying to think 
think our ways out of the doldrums and coming up with solutions, but we have to take another commercial break, and we could talk about that more in our next segment, and um, maybe I'll have some more yoga moments and some other crazy things will come to mind. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788, and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back and we're talking about real estate opportunities and overcoming obstacles in this think economy with Michael Narvid, esteemed real estate attorney. Welcome back, Michael. Hi, Cindy. I didn't have any yoga moments, but um, when we talked about creative financing for finding cash, um, you know, for commercial or residential markets, um, we were trying to come up with some solutions. Do you have anything else to add? Well, I have a friend and it, uh, who who made a decision the other day, and actually you know him well, too, and another provisor member mm-hmm. said, screw it. I'm, I'm not listening to the pundits. I'm cashing out. And he sold his entire stock portfolio, and he is in cash now. And um, he's never felt better in his life because he doesn't worry about opening up his statements. He doesn't worry about what's going on in the short run, and he's worrying about, and he'll worry about the long run when it happens. Now, this was against advice of his brokers, against advice of his accountants, but nevertheless, he feels great. And and to a certain extent, I think he was very smart because we know this economy is not going up in the short run. 
uh, and timing is always very difficult. So for for this particular individual, he now has access to cash, and it has also opened his eyes that he can use the cash. And basically what he's doing is he's using his cash to look at new real estate opportunities, and he wouldn't have done that before uh, when he was in stocks and bonds and not in cash. So I, to your point, is it a good time to liquidate your stock holdings? In some cases, yes. I think it's, it's not unwise to get out of the market. I don't think it's going to go anywhere in the next year. And a year or two, you know, I mean, we don't have crystal balls. We can only make assessments. But I think the, the, the people who are kind of conservative and are trying to make assessments are saying two. Um, but, again, you just don't know. I think it's probably going to be that long because, like you said, we've never been in this crap hole before, pardon my French. We just, not since 1929. And the... Remember the brokers, there's a little self-service here. They've been trained under the the guise of diversifying your portfolio, and they make money uh, by having that portfolio and maintaining that portfolio, and they make less money if you go to cash. So there's a conflict of interest involved, and I'm not saying that nefariously, but uh, there is some subliminal motivation to keep people from not changing. Of course, of course, and you have to think about, you always have to think about what what is that person's audience, what are their motivations, you know, before you make your decision, because they're going to tell, they, advisors might advise, of course, what would work out best for them, and you got to kind of take control, take the ball, and sort of make your own decisions that are best for you, and it might not be conventional decisions, it might not be what your, you know, your constituents are telling you is a good idea, and that's where you really do have to reach into your soul, take some risks, redefine your own strategies based on, you know, this... It's this, your own book of life. You do. I mean, you can't listen to others. Others don't really know. <laughs> and that's what I, I mean, sometimes they do, but a lot of people don't know, and a lot of people are panicking and freezing, and that's not going to do anybody any good either. Um, I think that you've alluded to the fact that you're, t- you're giving your clients some advice that's a little different than you may have given them before the depression. And I think it's... I think you're right on. You don't panic, and you know as much about where the future goes as the experts. Um, and I think people uh, sitting down and reflecting on it, and people who, who, you know, have businesses, who make decisions on projecting the future in their businesses all the time, lawyers who have to figure out how they're going to, uh, what their year is going to look like, accountants. We are, we're, we all are doing the same thing. Oh, well, exactly. But for those people, and you know, my listeners know I am one of these people, who had to be in top corporate positions in a publicly traded Fortune 500 kind of company, we were responsible to look five to ten years out to make financial guesstimates to the best of our abilities. And, you know, it's the kind of thing like, well, when you're in the publishing business, for example, we had to forecast that paper costs were going to go through the roof. 
we had a forecast that ink and printing costs were going to go through the roof, and we had to have the knowledge to know that post office costs were going to be impossible in terms of publishing a magazine and getting it out to its, you know, its readers. And how do you make adjustments to accommodate for these factors? And I don't see getting through tough economic times any differently from what um, a large business or mid-sized business officer, well, particularly for a publicly traded business where you have to let your shareholders know what's going to go on in the long term and the short term. I mean, you just have to make decisions. You see that there's an obstacle in the road and it's coming, and what are you going to do to accommodate? You're exactly right, and you know your own situation better than anybody. I mean, you really, really do. So I don't actually advise listening to the news all the time because it's just going to increase people's panic. I mean, particularly TV news, which is sensational by nature. It's all become very tabloid, even if it's CNN. And, um, you know, I tell my clients that, you know, if you're going to read newspapers, read the New York Times because, yes, it does have the panic factor in there, but it also offers solutions. It doesn't just give you the bad news. It also offers the opportunity. Um, Do your own research online to find opportunities. Don't get locked into this, I'm in a very, very small house, like a mouse's house, and I can't do anything, and I'm just going to stay here and die. You've got to come out and find the solutions. I mean, you know, people are facing foreclosures. They're facing layoffs. They're, you know, they're facing all kinds of things. You know, so how do you stay calm and how do you find a way out? And I know, Michael, that you're an advisor in doing that both professionally and spiritually for your clients. Well, uh, I, I, think you, I think you hit both issues. You have to be spiritually aware and you have to be financially astute. And I think you have to trust yourself. Uh, you sit back, you take a breath, you relax, you look at it, that's not to say it makes it any easier the next second, but by looking at it, you can evaluate where you are. If that means uh, having uh, friends or family members join you and living in a house that uh, you enjoyed by yourself to reduce your cost by 50%, uh, that's not a bad thing. Uh, it, it was That's the way people lived 100 years ago. Right. Uh, if it means... Um, Reducing your trips or reducing uh, um, your lifestyles, you make those decisions. Um, there's a lot of things that that people take for granted in their lifestyle um, that uh, that unfortunately the co- the economy is suffering because of it because they're reducing their spending. But nevertheless, it's an individual decision, and until people start getting jobs. Um, it's, it's going to be a difficult, difficult time in my... In my oh, it is. Listen, um, we're coming to the end of this segment. I have a whole other segment with you. Being a real estate lawyer, I, I, you know, of course, I have to talk to you about when a person, talking about personal and professional decisions, should consider bankruptcy. Okay. Um, uh, bankruptcy is, is a last resort. It's expensive. And there's two types of bankruptcies. There's the personal bankruptcy and the business bankruptcy. For my business bankruptcy uh, clients, um, it's something that I, uh, it is really last resort. 
but it does accomplish some things. If you have an ongoing business that you need time to reorganize and to get a new direction, to get rid of, and you retail and you get rid of stores uh, and permits you to get rid of some bad stores, keep some good stores, keep your financing in place, it does provide relief. For, unfortunately, under the bankruptcy code for individuals, it provides much less relief. Uh, credit cards are much more difficult to get rid of in bankruptcy. Um, it is something that uh, works uh, to get rid of ju judgments that you may have been, uh, you may have suffered in, in context with the real estate, because there is across this country uh, uh, a a slight change in how banks are dealing with people, and there is exposure. It used to be that people lost their homes of foreclosure and never concerned themselves with personal exposure over and above losing their property. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, now banks are going after people and suing them on their mortgages. Um, we, we're handling some cases in Texas now. We're handling some cases in Florida now, and we're handling some cases in California where we're defending people uh, who have lost their properties and have to deal with the specter of a... Uh, of some rather large judgments against them. So bankruptcy can deal with that more effectively, uh, but on an individual level, it really is last resort and most of the time unnecessary because uh, your creditors will work with you. They don't want you to see you go bankrupt on an individual level, and credit card companies are going to get paid through bankruptcy or not. These laws changed a few years ago to make discharge of credit cards very difficult. I know, we know that's true. Well, listen, we're coming up to the end of our third segment, and we have more coming up in our last and fourth segment, Michael. So think about what you might want to say when we wrap up. And um, you've been very, very informative so far. Stay tuned for more with Michael Narvid, and keep your hats on. All is not that somber. is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Listen up. Conceive Magazine is now on the air, live, and on demand on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hosted by Kim Han. 
founder of Conceive Magazine. Conceive On Air offers comfort and emotional support to women contemplating starting or expanding their family by consulting noted professional experts and by sharing the insights and experiences of others. Kim wants to share her experiences to educate and empower women. Conceive On Air is the only complete resource destination that inspires and informs future moms about their fertility on the journey to parenthood. Conceive On Air with Kim Han, celebrating the creation of families. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more Stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Uh, that's the co-founder of BR, Blackman Rakowitz Public Relations, and we're in our last segment with Michael Narvid, and we're talking about um, swimming through this time of depression and figuring out solutions, how to turn crisis into an opportunity, and Michael, you know, as a, as a yogi uh, in, Western, in Eastern religion, whenever there is a door that closes, millions open, and I'm sure that philosophy helps you, your family, and your clients, yes? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. you know, there's, it's really exciting. I mean, you know, you can't always look at the, at the bad, and you can't look at the glass half empty. I mean, you have to look at the depression and, you know, there are op- this is the best opportunity. It's the best opportunity to go out there and look at areas uh, that are ripe for development. There's going to a lot of money be pumped into the economy right now in the green areas. Um, and it's very interesting. Young people have much different attitudes. Now, they've never experienced um, the ups and downs, so this is all new for them, but there is a generational difference. And they... They're, they're wearing green helmets, and they're looking at opportunities in green all the time, um, from cost-saving devices to uh, manufacturing uh, software that helps you go navigate through uh, the green arena. Um, there are, it's, it's a question of putting on a different set of lenses and looking at it, and it is a time for opportunity. It's certainly in real estate. Uh, I have clients now that are buying, and they're looking for properties, and they're trying to buy, um, and they're getting their friends together and buying for all cash, which is against uh, which is against the grain. But they're ending up with eight and nine percent returns on their money by pooling it together, uh, which is certainly better than any CD that they can get, and they're getting Class A properties. So it's it's. There's a lot of opportunities across the bow to, to look at. And there's opportunities in the stock market. Um, I, GE is, is selling, I think, at $12 a share, which is unbelievable given the nature of the company and its fundamental uh, earnings. Um, so Warren Buffett is going out there and bu- buying. Um, he seems to know... His timing has always been pretty good, 
so they, this is a time to buy as well. I think the one message I can give and the one piece of experience is, is that you're never going to get your timing right. Uh, you, you may miss the, the, the bottom, um, just like you may miss the top, but the question is, what is your horizon, and can you hold through going down on the bottom knowing that you've got a very good stock or piece of real estate at a good price that makes you money? And that's the bottom line. And, you know, and also, you know, through these times, you've mentioned it before, you know, people shouldn't be, you know, it's not the time if you are one of the fortunate people that does still have credit. <laughs> it's not the time to go out on shopping sprees. I mean, it's not the time to overspend. It's not the time to think that credit is going to resolve everything because it's not. So even if you think you, you know, are optimistic and you're a compulsive shopper and you want to justify, you know, going out and spending $10,000 at Neiman Marcus, it's probably not the right time. Probably not. On credit, that is. I mean, listen, if you if you happen to be one of those people in the one two two percentile that are extremely wealthy, well, good. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> but um, you know, it's uh, people just have to change their behavior. They have to change the way they think. Listen to advisors like you, Michael, and they have to change their behavior. And if you change your behavior to adopt to this time. Like people in 1929 and 1930, you're probably going to survive it. And I think if you work with your professional, um, and you and you have a good relay, and you sit down and you use them just to bounce off ideas to get you to open some windows and look at different areas, then I think you're going to find them. I think it's true. Uh, you know, a quick question: At this time, do you think that partnership and shareholder agreements have become more important or less? Absolutely, critically important. I would think so. <laughs> I had to ask the well, question. For an interesting reason, people have are reacting to these markets very differently. If you have a weak partner who suffered severely, he's not going to be operating your business um, the same way you operate your. You know, you operate the business. A partnership agreement and a shareholder agreement deal with these differences of when to sell, how to sell, if what is there's a dispute. And I'm seeing many more partnership disputes in uh, being handled in my office now than I have in years. And it's over the same issues typically. They have two people started out with the same goals and objectives and financial resources, and all of a sudden... Their goals and objectives have changed because the resources have changed. Of course. And similarly in estate planning, the estate planning issues we're dealing with right now are much different than we've dealt with before. There's going to be a major change along in, in the United States, and um, people are reacting to stress differently than they react, and this is a calming influence. So we have a rush of estate plans, not because people are fearful of dying, but it, it makes them feel better that they're going to deal with something that's going to be an eventuality anyway. And uh, it's giving a lot of comfort to sit down with a family and say, okay, I know you're doing poorly. Um, let's talk about what your assets are. Let's talk about what your business, what talk, talk about what cuts we can make in your business. And then let's talk about how you want to deal with your kids. And oftentimes they leave my office feeling better because they've dealt with all these issues and had, and come out with a good estate plan, a good shareholder agreement, a good partnership agreement, and a succession plan to transfer their business to their kids. 
Well, it's taking control of the wheel. Absolutely. It's taking control of the wheel, and that's very important. Before we run out of time, Michael, let's talk about one of your favorite projects, Shakespeare Festival LA. Oh, I thought you'd never mention. Ah, well, you know, I you knew I would. Come on. <laughs> Shakespeare Festival LA is a uh, group, is a twenty year organization in Los Angeles, uh, but it has national implications. It, it started out as a uh, uh, some New Yorkers came to Los Angeles. I know them quite well because they met them in my family's living room <laughs> and wanted to bring. Shakespeare or public theater uh, to Los Angeles and in exchange for food. So it was thought of as a charity uh, concept where the public would get theater, a lot of food would be raised for the homeless, and uh, everybody would win. And they got great public support, and they found great interest by young people in Shakespeare and in teachers and um and that morphed into a program which became a gang-related program. And Shakespeare, not only L.A., not only puts together a uh, every year in the city of Los Angeles free public Shakespeare concerts, but they have a year-round program where they identify people in the gang communities, in the poor communities. They pay them to learn Shakespeare, these kids, and these Shakespeare and these kids then go through these uh, quite incredible transformations of of, of appreciating uh, studying, appreciating that other people who are bright don't want that lifestyle, want opportunities, and they're getting paid to do it. So they think they're conning the man, and it turns out the man is conning them by showing them a different way to. Uh, deal with life, and uh, this was recognized by the Bush administration. Well, I think that's brilliant, but guess what? We're at the end of our show, but I want to commend you, Michael, because one of the things that are recession-busting is educating our children and giving them the opportunity to make themselves better people. So, you know what, congratulations to you for being involved in such a wonderful project. I want to thank you for spending an hour with us. You've given us some very insightful information. Michael Narvid, do you want to give your website? Uh, it's narvidscott.com. Okay, if you want to hire Michael, <laughs> if you want to take yoga with him, Please reach out to him. I'm sure he'd want to help you. Thank you for joining a very, very interesting show this morning. Cindy, thank you very, very much for the opportunity. You're very welcome, and everybody have a great week.